You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to our show. My name is Ajit and I'm very excited today to have with me Mr. Ike Dimitriadis. To summarize, I think I would really call him as a Salesforce expert, but I'm going to have a lot of conversation in and around Salesforce today. So it's super exciting to have him on the show. So before I introduce him, let me give a quick snippet about Ike. So Ike is a a successful energetic technology leader, of course. Uh, He's been uh, within the industry for 25 years of an experience uh, where he's been developing and designing software systems and data architectures. Uh, his primary speciality is helping organizations achieve you know, optimal, effective technology platforms by leveraging his expertise in both business and technology. So let me welcome Ike today. Hello, Ike. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm doing well and uh, good to be here. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ike. I know we had a lot of conversation, Ike, before getting into this podcast recording, and we spoke at length about Salesforce and your passion for it, and gave me so many examples about it, uh, you know, about implementations uh, or the challenges. And that's where this whole idea of getting this to be on the show or getting this topic on the show uh, is the base for today's discussion. So uh, before we dive in, uh, I was reading this quote, uh, you know, where... Thomas Edison had very famously said that, you know, I have not failed. I have just found thousand ways that won't work. So Salesforce implementation integrations, I think it relates somewhere to this particular quote. So before we begin, uh, let's start with something. How is your journey so far, Ike? The journey has been great. And uh, I have to tell you, it's it's a very interesting landscape. Um, I think during my career, I've seen quite the evolution of the industry, um, even technology as a whole. Um, I think that we are at an inflection point with our um, current environment uh, and uh, with our technology capabilities, with all of the AI technology um, and all of the uh, knowledge gathered capabilities that are being provided to us. And Salesforce is no different. It's really um, evolved and it is growing and it's really a, a, a fantastic platform um, to be building on today. Absolutely. I think uh, when I started using Salesforce, I think it was just a CRM system. And today when I look at it, like after eight, nine years, Things have dramatically changed, Ike, and I think, of course, you rightly mentioned about it. it's an evolution in itself. Uh, so I think let's 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 understand. So I'm sure you have done so many CRM implementations in your career. Okay, uh, it's a very long-lasting 25 years of career. So can you confidently map out the top characteristics of a software rollout that is destined to fail? It's a little weird question, but yeah, let's start with it. Destined to fail. Yeah, Um, that's a little different. But okay, so um, I think the first primary rule is um, ignore your users and your constituents. 
Um, you know, no, nobody builds a, a CRM in a vacuum, right? There's, um, you have your sales division, you have your marketing division, um, you have all of your operations um, where Salesforce could fit in. Uh, build it on your own in isolation and surprise them. Um, just, just give it to okay. them. And uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure everything will work perfectly. Uh, now, seriously, I, I think the, where, where I've seen success in the implementations that, that I've seen and done, um, the users, um, your primary constituents, they are involved in the entire process. I mean, it's they're sharing information, um, they're sharing their experience. And as a technologist, you're gathering all that and leveraging your own experience. Um, I would say do it one and done if you really want it to fail, right? Build it once, put it out there. And, you know, when when things don't work, you know, just tell them, sorry, that's what we agreed on. That's what we're building. Um, be, be iterative, be flexible, be prepared mm-hmm. um, to find a thousand wrong ways to do something. Um, and, and I think as long as you're not willing to do a thousand and one adjustments to get it right, uh, you you will fail. Um uh, and I, I think with Salesforce in particular, build it only in Salesforce. Um, and this might sound mm-hmm. a little uh, different uh, to many people, but um, don't leverage outside technologies. Don't integrate with other systems. Build it all in Salesforce if you want it to fail. Much like most software systems, they are designed, Salesforce is designed to do certain things. Uh, and there are other things that it's capable of doing, but it's really not the best tool for it. Um, and I'm thinking about marketing tools. I'm thinking about uh, contracts, right? They have it, Salesforce has the capability, but it's not necessarily the best way to do it. There are some things, many things that they are the best at, but but don't integrate with like like a Marketo or it, you know for contracts it, like a Spring CM. Don't integrate with them. Do it all in Salesforce. You will have a suboptimal system for sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think you made a very valid point out here, like uh, build within the Salesforce environment. And I think today, uh, if we look at the whole bunch of integrations or the whole environment is all about that, right? So it's just not about the CRM. There's marketing automation platforms or the tools that are being engaged or the MarTech solution, sales tech solution. There's so many things there. So uh, do you really think that uh, this when you say when you t- can you just elaborate this point a little more about build within Salesforce environment? Yeah, so Salesforce has is is a platform. It's not just a software system. Um, and from what I've seen, it is designed to integrate with external systems, right? So they've got a marketplace. You can you know you can find tools there that will integrate directly into Salesforce, and it'll be seamless. Um, there's still work in integrating it, um, but. The, the the capabilities that you can leverage um, from other systems, I, I guess the best way to describe it is, you know, one team, one system cannot be the expert in everything, right? There are expertises outside of Salesforce that Salesforce can leverage, right? Um, it, it, it's like if you if you want to, um, if, if something's wrong with your automobile, um you know, it depends on what's wrong with it, right? If there's something wrong with your engine, go to an expert in car engines, go to a mechanic. Uh, if there's something wrong with your brakes, go to a place that that has, has expertise in, in brakes, right? You wouldn't go to the brake person for an engine problem and you wouldn't necessarily go to the mechanic for a brake problem. The mechanic may know how to do it, but he or she is not going to be the expert necessarily. Whereas if you go to a brake place, they're the experts. With Salesforce, they have a lot of 
capabilities, but they also have this openness, this, this ability to integrate with other systems. There are companies that are experts in contract negotiations. There are companies that are experts in gathering and organizing marketing information that comes from solicited and unsolicited um, sources, right? You, you want to leverage those things. And Salesforce provides that capability for you. It, it's a question of, are you going to get the best tool for the job or are you going to use the tool that's in front of you and make it work? That usually doesn't go away. I mean, you can get a solution, but it's not the best solution. Absolutely. I think that's that's a very well point you made. Well, uh, I, moving on. So uh, as, as you are aware, in the new way of working, CRM has become the most reliable. I mean, of course, it was earlier too, but today the whole dependency is on CRM basically. Uh, so what approach would you recommend for Salesforce implementation? Yeah, you're so right. Um, everything has changed with our new way of working. Um, I, I think one of the, the advantages of Salesforce, it's, uh, it's a cloud implementation, right? And so um, yeah. people can work everywhere and anywhere. Uh, and, and so you can leverage that and you should leverage that. Um, when, you're, uh, when you're designing your implementation, you know, Salesforce has a, an out-of-the-box mobile capability. You just have to make sure that your implementation um, is mobile compatible. And, you know, as long as you don't do anything crazy, it will be. Um, but you, you should be thinking about um, the ability for people to work uh, in, in various locations. You should think about your um, lead information, right? So if you're getting new sales, um, sales leads, if, you, if you're procuring them or if you have your own source for them, um, you may want to think about uh, gathering additional information like how do, your, how do your potential customers, how do your leads communicate? Right. Uh, if you have an office number uh, and, and your customer is in a country that has everything closed, you're going to be leaving a lot of messages on, on people's voicemail. Right. Uh, and, and you're not going to get <laughs> the feedback you want, or at least not timely. And, and you ask any sales or marketing person, time is of the essence. Um, you know, somebody expresses True. interest uh, an hour later, sometimes they, they've forgotten that they've had that interest, right? You have to get to them quickly. And so you may want to find a way to gather how they communicate. Um, you know, do they, do they prefer Zoom? Do they prefer Slack, Teams, uh, email, text, whatever it is, get that information. You want to know how they're communicating in the new environment. Um, and, you know, one thing that's overlooked a lot is cybersecurity. Uh, now that the world is much more dependent on online technology, um, yeah. it has created a lot of opportunities for a lot of bad actors. Uh, you want to be very careful with your cybersecurity. There, there are tools within Salesforce uh, out of the box that will give you an evaluation of uh, what it thinks of, of your security sure. platform and suggestions to fix. In addition, um, they've got uh, an add-on product, Shield. Um, that will allow you to do a lot of things to be secure. With everybody online, you, your security matters. It always mattered, but it really matters now. Uh, so thanks. I Basically, you just made a very great point, and I think that cybersecurity was a very nice input that you shared with our audience. Uh, going next, uh, we've been hearing a lot about agile marketing. So what role do you think Salesforce play when we speak about agile or agile marketing, basically? Yeah, so I, I think Salesforce uh, is is well positioned um, to be able to to gather um, the kind of uh, marketing information that you would need um, to engage your your um, 
your customers and your your industry. Um, I, I think the ability to to get uh, constant input from your results. So as you're gathering your your data um, and as you're gathering your, um, your your customer insights, right? You want to be able to uh, to, to flex on that and find your your niche markets, right? Your 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 possibly untapped um, sectors, and and so yeah. I, I think with with Salesforce, you have the ability to quickly adjust. It's a it's a very flexible platform, right? So you can make adjustments on the fly as you're seeing your data come in. Um, you can leverage your insights to make um, runtime adjustments, on the fly adjustments. Um, I think that, uh, again, you know, going back to integrations, right, being able to integrate with um, with other uh, marketing platforms as well and be able to combine uh, your data sources uh, is, is a critical aspect of success to, to be able to leverage um, your agile marketing initiatives. Perfecto. So that brings me to a point we Usually, it's been also a little kind of a debate, or I would say, been reading around or trying to understand. Even we spoke about it. Uh, how should we really decide between waterfall model and agile approach? You should pick agile. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay, so I've tipped my hand in terms of my bias. I, I really am a fan of agile. However, I, yeah. I have to say, um, and, and there are people who. Um, only spit out the word waterfall. They they hate it. I, I I've seen senior managers. No, we're done with waterfall. We don't want to deal with that. That's ancient. No. Um, where where agile struggles, I think. I mean, agile's fantastic in that. Um, you know, with the short iterative uh, development cycles, it allows you to adjust on the fly. It allows you that if you've misunderstood something or Mm-hmm. Your business misunderstood what they were asking for. They thought they wanted it, but now that they see it, okay, no, this is not what I wanted. Um, it allows you to adjust. Uh, and waterfall is, you know, here are your requirements. We're going to have the development. We're going to have our testing, and here you go. Um, you know, and there's no business interaction uh, between right. uh, between the, between the development and and the business uh, in, in waterfall. Um, the one place where agile falls down is for very large projects. Um, I would, you know, I've been on projects where they run more than a year, uh, and, and they're, you know, massive projects that involve system overhauls, um, that involve, uh, tens of millions of dollars. And, um, when you do these small iterative cycles, uh, it really takes a skilled product owner, uh, and, um, and business sponsor to really see the big picture be able to break it down into these small units and stay on track. Um, it, it's it's a right. lot like, you know, it, it's very hard. If, if every time you reevaluate where your target is, you you make an adjustment, you can go off course very quickly, right? Because it, it's it's hard to see the big picture. Um, and so I, I think, I don't know that waterfall is necessarily the right approach for that. I know that, um, mm-hmm. you know, with... Agile 2.0 out there with SAFE, um, you've got some uh, extensions of Agile that help with that. But Waterfall may help you um, for managing the high level overall. In other words, um, if I want to rewrite my marketing uh, system, let's say, let's say I've written it in the into the system and I want to gut it. 
and I want to replace it with a mm-hmm. third-party tool and integrate it in, right? Yeah. has a lot of capabilities that you've, you've been depending on, and some of them you've forgotten about, but you still depend on them because it's you know, under the, the, the top level, the top user level, the interactive part. So you may, you may have forgotten it, and as you're building, you may have missed something that may have big implications, right? You may have your big blocks to do in waterfall. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm going to have the user experience be one. I'm going to have the backend data integration be one. I'm going to have my uh, lead scoring be one. I'm going to have my lead generation be one. You can break those out into big blocks and have them be waterfall at a high level and then do agile within. Um, besides that, like I said, my bias is to agile because you're getting that constant feedback. You're getting the um, constant uh, quality check. Uh, from the business, you know, where, where it matters. Um, but that that would be the one exception, I think, that you'd have to reconsider. Okay. Okay. I think that's a good approach, and I am sure it definitely is going to help everybody out there. Uh, well, I think this is... Yeah, of course it's going to be. Uh, this is going to... This is going a great conversation. So I'm now more excited to talk about, like, do you want to share or would you like to share with us uh, any implementation frameworks which you have been doing successfully or yeah, any success and even the failures that you might have seen in those frameworks? So, yeah, if you could throw some light yeah. on that. So, so I don't have a named framework, right? But I do have some basic principles around which um, I've, I've built a framework around. Um, principle number one, um, find out from your users what it is they want and have them articulate it. Um, capture that information, right? Getting that input is, is critical. Um, number two, drill into what they're asking for. Um, if they say uh, we want to have a marketing tool, that could be a million things and you can be way off, right? Drill in. You're okay. Oh, so you mean you want to uh, have this web form that's gathering user input um, to come into the system and uh, be able to generate some, some industry intelligence? Well, no, no, no. I actually want to go into this part of the system where they're already interacting. Oh, okay. We discovered something. Now, well, let's go into it. Drill in, right? Get that user input. Uh, number two, as you're building, um, find a friend that is actually going to be a user, a primary user of the system and get their input. Um, ask them to come in early or stay late uh, for you and, uh, you know, get, get that input, uh, you know, buy breakfast, buy donuts, buy dinner, whatever you have to do. <laughs> yeah. It is so critical yeah. because these are the people that are going to tell you, even if the business says, yeah, that, that's, this looks perfect. I had I had a situation where you know the business said yeah this is exactly what we want and when the users started using it um, they they were this is impossible things that I used to do in three clicks I now have to do ten it's it's this is going to take forever get that primary user feedback early and often okay. Um, okay. expense donuts if you have to uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah you, you definitely want that um, I, I think um, be transparent. You, you want to know, you want your users and your constituents uh, and your own team to know where you are on the schedule, on the map. Where are we? Um, wh- how far do we have to go? How's it looking so far? These are all questions that get answered if you're having a very open process. And, and you know, I, I come from a development background. I get it. You know, there, there's leave me alone. Let me do my work. I, 
it, it, it's a common, you know, habit. I don't want to say practice. Sure. It's a habit. It's a habit that we all have to get out of because it really doesn't serve us well. I, I would say also uh, have a thick skin. Make sure that you, you have testers uh, who are going to really test the hell out of it. Whatever you build, right? I have had experiences. This was the funniest thing. We were testing something and I, I you know, this was a new feature completely new it wasn't you know adjustment and um i got back the first week three bugs and, and my development managers told me yeah we, we we're doing great we got three bugs i said something's wrong you should have way more bugs than that so i i went you know i called a meeting and uh with the testers and i said guys we're not getting enough bugs. There, there, there's something wrong with this testing process. And you should have seen the look on their faces. They, they, this was exactly. not something they expected. Um, usually people hate it true. when they find bugs. No, 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 no. Those bugs, look, somebody <laughs> is going to find them. Better the testers than the users or even worse, the customers, right? Get your testing. Get be Have a thick skin. Be open to criticism because that criticism will save your project. Uh, and yeah. finally, I, I would say... Um, make sure you've got your positive and negative feedback loops set up. Um, have a, have a system by which people can say, yeah, this sucks. Um, <laughs> and, and, and especially tell, give them real options for why does it suck? You want to know that, right? It may not suck. You, you may be encountering the, you know, the most difficult person in, in your yeah. company. We all have those people, right? Um, you may have uh, somebody's having a bad day, but nevertheless, it gives you insight on where the pain points are. Uh, and, and, you know, going back to the earlier principle of, um, you know, having a thick skin, take that as feedback. That is uh, high value intel from where I sit. You know, you, that is something that is actionable and you can leverage uh, to build out your product. Um, and I said finally, but I got another finally, finally. Don't forget cybersecurity. Everybody builds in for, mm -hmm. for the business objectives, uh, maybe for the compliance objectives. Uh, I don't often see cybersecurity considerations baked into an architecture, baked into a development process. And catching up on that is painful. Um, you know, for small things, it, you know, somebody is going to hack your systems. You know, you, you, you could get fired because somebody got company trade secrets. Um, for big companies, you end up on the front page of the paper um, that, that your information was hacked or, you know, so many user accounts were compromised. Don't forget cybersecurity. I, I would say those principles would constitute the framework that I'd recommend. Oh, that's that's really awesome. I should really. Uh, I think we sh we could give it a name called Ike's Framework, something like that. Let's or do it. All right. Let's do it. Why not? I'm gonna call, let's make, I'm gonna let's call my this. trademark attorney. Yeah, I'll call my attorney. We'll Absolutely. Patent that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I I look. I like those brownie points. I think we should really budget for those donuts, basically, because uh, what I really Absolutely. really think now, from my perspective, is uh, I think I used to, or many of us, really think uh, the biggest challenge on implementing Salesforce would be the technical aspect. But after talking to you, or even today when we are having this discussion, I think the most common mistakes or the greatest problem that could be related is planning and the people issues, as you rightly mentioned, basically. If you don't, Absolutely. as for your framework, if you don't really have those being addressed, I think it's it's going to be like a ch every time challenge and every time the story will be like the Salesforce of this part is really not working in my favor. Technology is is 
rarely the problem. There are a lot of people who are excellent practitioners in Salesforce development, uh, in Salesforce user design. The platform is easy, right? And so gathering the technical expertise it's easier than other technology platforms. Uh, so that's rarely the problem. And, and so you're absolutely right. It's those other things that you really have to pay attention to because they're easy. They're mistakes that are easy to make. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Super cool. Uh, there's a lot to talk more about it. Uh, but yeah, I think I have to stop myself over here. I think I would really like to know one thing from you is what could be the last parting words or what could be your final thoughts on Salesforce implementation and we should again come back and do a point o2 for this particular discussion where we continue on the Salesforce implementation next steps to it basically but yeah uh, for this podcast <laughs> what's your final thoughts sir final thoughts I, I think the the landscape is changing as it always is and change is accelerating um, I, I think we're in a world that is just now adapting to um, online work. Uh, it, it's no longer a debate on whether or not we should be working out of the office or working online. Um, everybody has to have that capability. And so I would say in, in lieu of the fact that, you know, everything is changing and, and technology is really growing at a rapid pace with AI um, being able to get insights uh, into how our uh, our potential customers think um, and how they work. Be open, be learning, go out there and, and see what's available and uh, be courageous, right? Um, measured yeah. risk. Um, don't be risk averse. Have a um, moderate but uh, educated uh, accounting of risk. Don't be afraid of risk. You know, no, no risk, no reward. Uh, but, you know, be, be willing to take on some risk because things are changing and you're going to either uh, be at the front or you're going to be catching up. Absolutely. No, absolutely. That, that's a very valid point. Okay. Those are some great thoughts. Thank you so much for that. Well, if somebody wants to reach out to you, do you want to share your LinkedIn or some? Where, what's the best way to reach out to you? Sure. Uh, it's, uh, my URL is uh, linkedin.com slash Dimitriadis. Just first name, last name. Uh, you can reach out to me through there. I'm very yeah, responsive. I'm, I'm sure always on the LinkedIn platform. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's great. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, thank you so much for being on the show. It was really great talking to you. Uh, and as we discussed about so many aspects, there's a lot to learn from this. Of course, I, I'm going to come back to you on the point O2 for this particular version and we continue our Salesforce discussion. But I thank you to. once again. Yeah. Thank you, everybody out there to listening to our show. Uh, everybody stay safe. Even I, you take care of yourself. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.